Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. Hello and welcome to episode 273 of Let's Talk Loyalty, featuring another of our previous guests, and someone who describes herself as having loyalty in her blood. Miranda Bliss designed and launched the first ever loyalty program for Adore Beauty, which is Australia's number one pure play online beauty retailer and operates as a publicly listed company on the Australian Stock Exchange. Miranda was last on the show shortly after the launch of their loyalty program which is called Adore Society. And she explained the whole proposition, which has since proven to be a huge hit with their customers. Over 95% of the company's top customers are enrolled. And the program has proven itself as a strategic pillar for the business, supporting its continued growth despite the roller coaster caused by the global pandemic. Today, Miranda shares the latest benefits that she and her team have launched for members, focusing on relevant educational content, as well as some luxury prizes for extra inspiration. I hope you enjoy listening to Miranda Bliss and the latest loyalty insights from Australia's leading online beauty retailer. So, Miranda, welcome back to Let's Talk Loyalty. Thanks for having me. Great to be back. Oh, my goodness. It's been over a year, Miranda, and what a year it's been. Absolutely. A huge year. <laughs> I almost don't know where to start. I mean, your role with Adore Beauty um, was actually, I suppose, at its very early stages when we did have our last conversation. Um, so it was May 2021. And if anybody hasn't listened to Miranda talking about the exceptional program that was launched last year, please do go back and listen to it. It's episode 108. So very exciting uh, talking about all of your proposition back then. So today we'll be talking about what's happened since then. Um, you know, that we're still, I think, a little bit on the COVID roller coaster, dare I say. Um, but despite that, I think Adore Beauty is continuing to go from strength strength to strength. So before we get into the uh, the full-time day job, let's have a chat about our favorite opening question at the moment, Miranda. Tell us about your favorite loyalty program. This one might be a little bit controversial, but I'd have to go with Qantas. Ooh. And I think the reason for me is that, I mean, we always sort of say loyalty is not a program. And although their frequent flyer program is a very well-known program, Mm. I find that I am interacting with that brand almost every day. So my credit card is linked to earning points. Mm -hmm. So I can do anything from actually shopping with a door and I'll get points. Okay. Um, and there's often credit card offers, so I'll get extra points for shopping Ooh. with a door to, yeah. to petrol. During lockdown when we obviously couldn't travel, I was still able to earn points for well-being. So if I was walking and earning certain, and sort of achieving certain goals, yeah. I'd be getting bonus points as okay. well. Yeah. Um, I've also got to a point where, unfortunately, during lockdown, I've shopped so much that I've 
earned so many points <laughs> and I've actually actually got to it. It's called a points club member and I've earned two free lounge invitations. So from nice. an experiential perspective, that yeah. is a really great benefit to me. Yeah. Um, and also recently they have launched a green tier. So they're really focused on corporate social responsibility. There's mm. a number of initiatives that you can either sort of carbon offset or, again, earn points and credits towards your balance and then hopefully redeem it for a great holiday. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, literally, Miranda, like, you know, when we think about airline loyalty programs, I do think Qantas is exceptional. And I guess just for our listeners, perhaps in other markets who mightn't realize just why you said it was, you know, maybe a controversial choice. I think operationally, Qantas has been struggling recently as indeed so many airports are, so many airlines are. So, you know, I, I think you're acknowledging what they are still doing exceptionally well. And yes, there is operational challenges, I think seems to be inevitable, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, look, absolutely. I guess it's a combination of of um, staffing challenges. Yeah, They've got new people that aren't familiar with processes. So they're really, and I suppose for Qantas, they, were, they really have always been Australia's leading airline. Yeah. So for them to not be delivering that same level of expected service has yeah. been very challenging and they've received quite mm. serious backlash. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I haven't travelled with them in a long time, mm. but I still am using that program, I mean, yeah. weekly, if not daily. Yeah. Well, that comes back to the whole point of why we're here, Miranda. At the end of the day, loyalty programs are about profitable behavior change. So the fact that you can engage daily is absolutely extraordinary. I didn't realize they had a wellness proposition. Was that one that was just in COVID, Miranda, or is that something that's a core part still? Uh, I think it's actually still a core part if you take out insurance with them. Mm -hmm. health insurance so you can continue to earn additional points through that. I think during COVID they just introduced that as a a bit of a taster of what you could get but also Mm. a, a, a way to ensure that we are continuing to interact with the program. Totally, totally. Well, exciting times. And again, Qantas is on our wish list. So please, God, if they're listening, come and join us as a guest on the show. We'd love to <laughs> love to hear more. But listen, back to Adore Beauty, Miranda. As I said, when we talked last time, it was May 2021. Uh, you'd had an explosive launch, incredible success. Um, one of the businesses that, of course, ironically, uh, did benefit from the COVID kind of lockdowns. Um, and having just seen your latest investor presentations. I have to say I was thrilled to see the success is continuing while acknowledging the volatility and the craziness of the changing behaviors. But I think loyalty for me has really been seen within the business there as a core strategic pillar of the whole company. So I think that must be something that gives you a huge amount of pride if I'm right. Look, absolutely. I think when I joined, they were still very much in the mindset of acquisition. Okay. And at that point, loyalty and retention hadn't really proven its value. Sure. It was, so there was a lot of work to really take the business on the journey to really understand, A, what value these returning customers could deliver, but also what other initiatives we could implement, things like loyalty. So before I started, there wasn't really a full loyalty and retention division. So that came with sort of building out a team. As Mm. you said, it's actually for for our financial year 22, 
logged in attention was a full strategic initiative. It was a key priority yeah. for the business yeah. and continues to to be that once. I mean, I think from both a, a the loyalty program and what that can deliver, mm. but just understanding the value and an offset also with the fact that the cost to acquire customers has become so prohibitively expensive. Of course. It continues to become a challenge. So the focus is definitely, I wouldn't say shifting, but it, it's definitely highlighted the opportunity around retaining and repeat mm. customers. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And I'm sure every pure play retailer is facing that challenge globally. Um, so I guess you're probably not unique in identifying the the opportunity for loyalty, but it seems to be that the execution is extremely well understood and executed, dare I say it, Miranda, in that, you know, the fact that it is, I think literally on page one of the investor presentation, like literally alongside, we have a mobile app and we have loyalty driving 60% of our revenue. So a wonderful place to be, I guess. It, look, it really is. It's um, it's definitely sort of earned its stripes, which is yeah. amazing to see. <laughs> We're, um, 70% of our customers are returning customers, which wow. is, is an incredible result. So, yeah. look, yeah. I, I can't say it's all down to the loyalty program. I'd love to say it's totally that. I mean, there's 60% of revenue coming from members. That is, yeah. that's the yeah. But I think it's just, I think the fact that the whole business has embraced it. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the fact of taking everyone along for the journey and really being part of bringing this program to life. Sure. But also that there is such trust in the members. And I think when we first launched, it was, oh, do we really want to switch a campaign or a promotion to member only? Is not quite sure it's going to work. Yeah. Now it's like, absolutely, this is what we're doing. It's going to be 100% for members. There's just that real confidence in the success and the opportunity around yeah. our database. Yeah. And it sounds like it's coming almost full circle, Miranda, in that the the members are enjoying the program so much that they're behaving in a way that rebuilds that trust from the management side. And I don't know why I'm articulating it that way, but, you know, to me, there is something um, very strongly coming through at anything that I'm hearing, which is the brand has a responsibility, I would say, to, to demonstrate its loyalty to members. And then it's a case that the, the members do return that loyalty. So that's what I feel has happened actually for you guys. I don't feel that the business was built to drive increased spend and all of those very strong, you know, very transactionally led mindset. It feels like it came from that place of let's build a brand love and then they will respond. And I think that's exactly what our brand ethos is. I mean, it's a very values-led brand. I've never worked in such a values-led brand, which is so re incredibly refreshing. Yeah. And that is at, at every level, which is, is I think, really something quite unique. Mm. Um, so, and also it's a very authentic brand. So it's not about you know, it's not trying to be really salesy. It's not about this is what you need to buy. A, a big part of our business is content. Yeah. And it's really about educating you an, enough to make your the right decision for you. So yeah. recommendations rather than than that yeah. really kind of hard sales approach. It's just not our ethos at all. Mm. 
And I think that really resonates with customers because they don't feel yeah. intimidated. It, you know, it's, it's Kate Morris originally started the business because yeah. she and she worked in, a, in department stores and could understand how intimidating that could often be for customers. Sure. So she wanted to take that out of it. And I think that is really where that the brand has sort of grown from. Yeah. In that it's all about being authentic. It's about real. It's not necessarily about having a full face of makeup. It's about, you know, creating yeah. beautiful skin, making you feel your best you in whatever way that means. So it's a it's a really diverse business. It's really about inclusivity, mm. um, which is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I often think we don't get enough opportunity to talk about the role of brand to drive the emotion of loyalty. And you've already made the point actually earlier, Miranda, loyalty is not a program. So that's why I think in everything that Adore Beauty seems to do, as you said, it seems to be underpinning the the mindset of the founder. And I know you also have a female CFO, which I also love to remember. We talked about that last time. Okay. So. Yeah, I think that whole approach to, you know, making it as accessible as possible. I remember you talked about uh, gender neutrality and listening to your members a lot. So I'm guessing that's an ongoing journey, is it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we also are part of um, an initiative that really started with one of the team members from Adore called Global Shades, which is all about ensuring that you've got access to a wide range of foundational concealer colours as well. Mm. So it sort of really talks, to, again, to that diverse nature, inclusivity, um, and really being able to sort of guide you on your beauty journey, whatever that looks like. Wonderful. So uh, the proposition, I remember we talked last time, you made a big decision very early on, no points in this loyalty program, which I fully applaud because <laughs> I've come from a background of, again, a, a very different format and, and mechanics. So how has that, um, you know, continued to evolve? First of all, any regrets about the no points strategy or is that exactly where are you where you wanted to be? Look, I think so. I think the results kind of speak for themselves. Um, we've had really great sign-ups. Uh, all our metrics have improved, improved significantly. I can't be too specific about that, unfortunately, but, I mean, it's kind of sure. it's definitely exceeded all of my expectations, mm-hmm. particularly in the fact that it's really only a year and a half old. I mean, it's actually sure. wild to think <laughs> where we've come. Yeah. Um, I still stand by the spend versus points. and. Yeah. It, it, look, the only regret I have is that it makes certain promo mechanics more challenging. So you don't have, you can't call on things like a double points promotion. Sure. Um, yeah. You have to get a little bit smarter around that. Mm-hmm. But I think it sort of goes to the fact that I wanted to create a really holistic program that had a range of benefits. So yeah. we've introduced things like virtual masterclasses, which. Mm. Is really, I mean, although quite often people will buy the tickets, it's the sort of experience that you couldn't go out and find yourself. So we had yeah. people like Joe jo Malone, CBE. We've got Larry King, who's a, a very wow. well-known hairstylist. And, and the nature of it being virtual means that it really opens it up to customers all around Australia and New Zealand. So whether they're living remotely, I had one member feedback that, they had a disability. So being able to, to attend a masterclass like this normally would be impossible for them. But the yeah. fact that we've had we've 
got them running online mm. means it just opens it up to a, a much wider Mm-hmm. database. So that is really important to us, you know, young mothers being able to just jump on, you yeah. know, have a glass of wine on the couch, all those sort of things. It just yeah. it just makes it all a lot more accessible. Yeah. And am I right that you are sending out almost um, some of the products for that virtual masterclass? So it is kind of quite educational as well, yeah? Absolutely. So we generally, as part of the ticket price, you get a kit and they can be anything from sort of deluxe samples to full-size product. Mm -hmm. And the host will take you through a routine, whether it's a skincare routine, a makeup look. Uh, We've we've had a few hair as well. So it's very educational. It's Mm. that our members can ask a lot of questions and there's really great engagement. People are just, uh, they're really loving it. You know, I just think, you know, we're, we're the generation, well, sorry, I'm the generation, I'll say, speak for myself, who was, you know, didn't have the YouTube uh, opportunity in terms of ever learning how to make the most of makeup and skincare and stuff. So I can imagine you have a whole generation of people who are just lapping it up in terms of, oh my goodness, you know, like there's this incredible place that you can learn. And I like the kind of slight celebrity angle that you mentioned there in terms of Joe Malone, for example. That must give the whole thing a bit of extra sizzle. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's definitely those sort of masterclasses that are in hot demand. They sell out. I mean, some are sold out within the hour. Wow. It's pretty wild to us. <laughs> um, and look, yeah, I mean, definitely the, the experiential nature of it, the educational element. We yeah. also do a huge amount of YouTube videos. We've got, yeah, an, yeah. you know, hundreds and thousands of articles that we produce so yeah I mean if you if there is any topic you want to learn about you either go to YouTube uh, um, all our articles but also our podcast is a huge source of education yeah in that delivered in a very authentic and I think quite hilarious way as well but <laughs> Joe jo and Hannah are, are absolute rock stars unbelievable following Yes. And I saw the latest numbers again, back to your investor presentation. Podcast downloads grew to 4.3 million across seven podcasts, Miranda. I mean, that again blows my mind. First of all, because I think the format is not one that I ever associate with beauty. I associate YouTube with beauty. And what I don't like about YouTube actually is the fact that you do have to sort through to find the quality of content usually, I think that resonates. Whereas I think what Adore Beauty can do is, of course, curate as well as create. So content being a key part of your strategy, I think it's one of the reasons I love what you guys do so much. Yeah, look, definitely agree. And I guess in a sense, a lot of it is is data-driven in that, you know, our our team is seeing what the customers are interested in, what they're purchasing. So they know the topics that are really trending. Sure. And and can ensure that they're supporting our customers in the best way possible. So, yeah, it's definitely Beauty IQ. It's definitely worth a listen. Amazing. Well, guys, you heard it here first. Podcast Stripe loyalty. (laughs) 100%. 100%. Brilliant. So, Lisa, what else have you been doing with the program again? I know you've passed your one year birthday. So, virtual masterclass is obviously a huge core part now of the proposition. But what other things have you been working on? 
Yeah, so we celebrated in March our first birthday, which mm. was very exciting. We ran mm-hmm. a big competition. Um, we actually partnered with Luxury Escapes, which is like a luxury travel package company mm-hmm. as our first prize. Um, mm-hmm. If you've ever ordered from a door, you would know that you get a single Tim Tam, a chocolate biscuit, okay. in your package, which... Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like much, but people are just <laughs> obsessed. It's like that one little treat that you can't feel guilty about because yeah. it's only a single serve. Wow. So we actually par- partnered with Tim Tam and we gave 20 customers a one-year supply of Tim Tams. Oh, my goodness. Popular. Super And fun. then we also had additional prizes around sort of hair experiences and a, and a skin makeover. So we yeah. really... Ticked all the boxes there. We've got huge amount of entries, lots of, I mean, the, the winning entry, she'd actually made a full prop with sound and effects and was wow. unbelievable. So we have some very passionate customers out there. <laughs> hilarious, hilarious. Um, okay, so um, growth in competitions, ticketed loyalty, masterclasses, award nominations, Miranda, tell us a bit about those. Yeah, so we've been um, nominated for Best Loyalty Program from Power Retail, Inside Retail, and also International Loyalty Awards. So, I mean, I was stoked to be nominated in such prestigious awards in our first year of the program is really exciting. Exceptional. Wow. Wow. So going from strength to strength, obviously, within Adore Society itself. And then I know last year, you, Miranda, joined the board of the Australian Loyalty Association. So tell us a bit about that and uh, why you got involved. So I actually presented at the conference last year and then was asked to join the board a few months after, which was really, to me, a huge honour. It's an incredible association. that runs a number of, it runs an annual conference, which we actually had last week, Mm -hmm. Um, a number of really strong networking events and educate, they do an education course. Um, We recently, well, last week as well, actually launched the Australian Loyalty Association Young Members Initiative. Mm. So I made a very sort of, brief suggestion at our board meeting in December <laughs> that I think it would be a really nice idea to sort of foster young talent and yeah. you know, what could we do around this. And from that led to a, a pitch I put together to the board and the team at the ALA have created this incredible page on our site with a, a mm. really great offering. So essentially that is anyone that's sort of 18 to 30-year-old or, or 30 years old or new to the industry Mm -hmm. is invited to join. It's a $99 annual membership Mm -hmm. and they get things like a free ticket to the loyalty conference. Um, But there'll be sort of opportunity to meet with keynote speakers before the rest of the attendees join the meeting. Mm. There's discounts on um, a two-day course that is run in both Sydney and Melbourne. Um, what I think is really valuable is two one-hour mentoring sessions Okay. with with experienced loyalty marketers, which I think mm. will be really valuable. You, yeah, mm. of course, get a little welcome gift as well. Yeah. But I think it's just a really nice uh, – I, I noticed when I joined the loyalty community yeah. in Australia, it's probably the most supportive and caring – 
industry that I've ever been a part of. Yeah. And I wanted to really make sure that the young members and, and you know, those new to the industry were feeling that as well. Mm. And I think this will be a really great opportunity for yeah. them to access that. Absolutely. And I remember you talked about that last time as well, Miranda, because um, it was Adam Posner, I think, who first introduced us. Um, so I hadn't been aware, again, of your kind of career. And then I suppose coming into such a high profile role, it was incredible just to kind of see and talk about that. And you did acknowledge the welcome that you got. And like you, I am a huge fan of the Australian Loyalty Association and the work that Sarah does bringing yeah, that advisory amazing. board together. It's absolutely brilliant. She's due to pass through Dubai, I hope, on on um, on some vacation soon. So I, I hope oh, to get terrific. time to uh, to meet her again in person. Uh, she and I were together at the International Loyalty Awards actually in London recently. Uh, amazing. But definitely somebody that I just value in terms of, you know, perspective on our industry and having that, I suppose, global perspective and uh, doing incredible work there in Australia as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that just the passion for the industry, just, it, uh, yeah, I think, I think Sarah is incredible for what she's created. Totally incredible. And my only regret was the uh, the timing, of course, with Australia and Dubai is never, um, never easy. So your conference last week, I fully signed up um, and it started at 2am. So when I checked the actual start time, I was like, there's actually just no way. So I know it's available uh, to rewatch. So we'll make sure to get links uh, to that from you, Miranda. So anyone like me who didn't get to see, I do believe you compared if I'm if I'm not mistaken this year, did you? Yes, I did. I had the honour of interviewing all the speakers in a Q&A session after oh their presentation. Goodness. Wow. Which was, um, it was really great to meet such a wide breadth of different loyalty professionals in very different industries. Yeah. We had topics, everything from sort of um, NFTs to sustainability, technology, data privacy, yeah, um, behavioural psychology. I mean, so many really interesting and relevant topics. I think it was awesome. Totally. Well, we'll never get bored, Miranda. I think between us, um, there, there's a shared love of loyalty and all of those topics, as you know, we continue to, to kind of dive into as much as possible on the show. So always love getting your perspective. So listen, I think that's all in terms of the, the catch-ups on your program, obviously in terms of, um, you know, the Australian Loyalty Association as well. What do you think now in terms of going forward? What kind of ideas are you thinking about, Miranda, as possible things for the future? Yeah, I think, I mean, a lot of the topics were probably covered at the conference. So it's exploring things around NFTs and cryptocurrency and what the metaverse plays in yeah. loyalty going forward. Okay. It's definitely, you know, we're definitely at just a scoping phase. I think it's really understanding if it has its place in loyalty and if it has its place in a in a beauty loyalty program. Okay. Definitely a lot around corporate social responsibility. I think it's really sure. important. Mm -hmm. We already do a lot from a sustainability perspective. It's probably better highlighting that, but also yeah. how we can introduce that as more of a benefit to the program mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the eternal question around CDP and I guess with the cookie deprecation, what we sort of do around that as well will be yeah. a, a really key focus for us going forward. Mm -hmm. So I think those are probably a lot of the big ones. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. And I saw some interesting terminology as well, which um, doesn't mean it's, it's anything to do with loyalty, but I loved that. Again, your investor presentation talks about subscription levels of, of loyalty, I guess, to the business. So again, I know you look at all of these ideas and, you know, as and when, if there's anything that, that you guys are launching, we'll be making sure to, to keep an eye on all of the propositions that, uh, that you do launch. I know community is another big topic as well. So it's almost like there's this never-ending list of opportunity for you guys. Yeah, definitely. And I think for me, as, as I said earlier, it's really making sure that there is a benefit that appeals to all of different customers and depending Lovely. on their mission or what yeah. they're there for. So, yeah, community is always a big focus for us. And I think that will probably start to come through in in-person events. We have to go back to that. I mean, I think we need a blend of a virtual, given we're an e-com retailer, it just makes sense. Mm. But I think there's nothing like that sort of in-person experience as well. Sure. Wow. Well, I think it's a watch this space kind of uh, area, Miranda. So I don't have any other questions. Is there anything else you want to share with our audience before we wrap up? I think we've covered it a lot. I mean, we've really run through it all. I think just making sure that you are reaching out to young professionals um, and supporting them is really important. I think from a mentoring perspective, I know how much I, how much value I got out of that. And I think it's really important to continue to pay that forward. Lovely. Lovely. Okay. Well, with all that said, Miranda Bliss, Head of Loyalty and Retention at Adore Beauty and Advisory Board Member at the Australian Loyalty Association. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 245 executives in 27 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.